Hello, my name is Jack and you're listening to Working in TV. So today we have a guest, Beth Bacon. She is a runner. She's worked on a lot of entertainment stuff, Taskmaster, first dates, things like that. She's also been working recently as a COVID runner. That we, we talked to about that and that was really interesting. What's been happening with me this week? Well, big news in the family is we got a dog. He sat behind me now, asleep. So I've just managed to record this while he's asleep. Otherwise, he'd be barking and scraping and nipping at me. And yeah, that wouldn't make for a very good podcasting. So anyway, here we go. This is me talking to Beth Bacon about working in TV. Hello. So this week, my guest is a runner who has worked on First Dates, Taskmaster, The Circle and many more. Today, I'm joined by Beth Bacon. How are you, Beth? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Do you prefer Beth or Bethany or? Uh, Beth's good. Yeah. Cool. Fine. Let's start off with the same way I like to start off every podcast with the same question. Um, What is a runner and what do they do? So it's a, di- a difficult one to pinpoint, actually, um, and a question most of us get asked a lot. Um, I guess every job is different. I know that's a, an annoying answer, but depending on if you're work- what genre you're working in, you can be asked to do a number of different things. Uh, in entertainment, which I've worked mainly in, um, could be in the production office, helping with um, spreadsheets and stuff like that, calling taxis and booking hotels. Um, it could be on the floor, ushering in and out talent and contributors, um, up to working on street casts and uh, getting people from the street to come and work on the show. So it just basically requires a lot of confidence and thinking on the spot and outside the box. I think that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right to me. I mean, I did it for a few years, so yeah, it sounds about right. Um, so how did you get into uh, running? Um, It's a weird one, actually, because I joined the Facebook runners group, which everyone needs to be a part of. Uh, Pretty much every job comes up from there. Um, And I did this, I think, about a year and a half ago while I was still at university. Um, And being at university meant I didn't really have any experience within the industry. Um, I pretty much just shadowed a couple times. Um, I shadowed on rip off Britain live with Angela Rippon um and I'd worked in the university tv studio and things like that um even though I wasn't studying tv but um bits like that uh I posted my cv on the facebook runners group and I got quite a nasty response from someone uh basically basically humiliating me about my cv saying you know uh, it's shocking that you're even attempting to get into an industry that's so competitive. Uh, you might as well stop now. Oh dear. Um, and rather than kind of getting upset by this, I thought, yeah. you know, take a step back. Uh, this person is probably having a bad day, <laughs> uh, yeah. taking out on me. And so I basically did replied in the most diplomatic way possible. Um, I said, you know, thank you for your input. I appreciate that you're trying to help me. Um, But, you know, rudeness isn't going to get you anywhere. Um, And we've all got to start somewhere, even if that is, you know, shadowing. Um, Yeah, exactly. From that, he got obviously a lot of angry reacts and I uh, got a lot of positive feedback. And on the back of it, uh, I had three job requests uh, on Facebook. People reached out to me. Um, and so, yeah, every cloud has a silver lining, I think. Well, there you go. They saw they saw how you reacted to an idiot, basically, and you kept your mm. cool. And they thought, okay, yeah, well, that's exactly what you need to be a runner because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are silly and be mean to you and say <laughs> things because they're having a bad day or whatever reason, no excuse or anything. You know, they're just, some people are horrible to you and you've reacted the nice way. You know, you're well within your rights to, you know, stick two fingers up at them and say, jog on but you didn't and that 
that's probably what people saw. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I mean, it kind of goes to show the way that the TV industry works in the sense that um, if you are well behaved, if you, um, you know, create a brand for yourself that is uh, positive and looking to help others and not bring other people down, then yeah. it's going to, you're going to reap your rewards um and the guy actually got banned from the group and not <laughs> heard from him since so well, probably never worked in tv probably never again yeah yeah exactly but that's it like um people like that don't last very long like that yeah. person didn't last very long at all but you you like i've been in tv for a while now and you tend to see the same kind of people turning up on jobs because they will get on with each other not necessarily I'm not saying that they're not all good people, but not necessarily. People don't necessarily hire the best person for the job, like the absolute mm. most talented person for that job. Yeah. They'll hire someone who you can spend 12 hours a day with. Obviously, they have to be able to do the job, mm-hmm. often to a high degree, but it goes so much more in your favor, especially as a runner as well, because there is because it's an entry-level job, so you're not expected to know much or to have any responsibility. And I think anyone who gives runners too much responsibility and then blames them for when they inevitably fail at that, that's their fault. So if anyone's done that to you, that's their fault, not your fault. So people who most people don't like don't get on in TV and they don't keep getting jobs and there's a very short shelf life for them. So you can be the Mm -hmm. most talented idiot in the world, but you're not going to come back. Yeah, uh, 100% right. I think it's all about personality at the end of the day. And, you know, I was speaking to my production manager um, the other day and she said she hired someone once because he wrote cheerio at the end of his email and she <laughs> liked that so <laughs> well that's it like obviously they, they're going to be you know th- th- that's not the only reason why no. they hired them, but <laughs> but it just helps to, if you can get on with someone and so much about hiring people is just that um relationship that you get you get instantly it's like oh yeah they seem like a good positive person and obviously they can do the job as well but yeah. some people you take you take a chance on with a runner because mm. you can't a lot of the time you can't prove that you can do it you yeah. can just say this is my attitude and i'm ready mm. to learn and i think that's so much more important i know i got jobs by and repeat jobs from people by just being there and just turning up like being next to where i'm needed not in the way but next to where you needed and being available and not having a, like excuses for why do you know what I mean? Like if something's gone yeah. wrong, it's gone wrong, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important as well is um, admitting fault. Um, you know, being a runner means making mistakes and you're yeah. going to make loads of mistakes and all of them are learning curves. And I've noticed that the people that get hired again and again are the ones that say, put their hands up and say, you know, that yeah. was me. I made that mistake um, and I'm sorry. And you move yeah, on exactly. and it's fine. Yeah, that's it. If, if, there's no point hiding it like you know shit happens people make mistakes and if you start hiding it and lying then you're only making it worse for yourself i learned quite early on in tv that if you make a mistake just say it just say look yeah. I, i'm sorry this happened this is you know this is done because if you try and defend yourself i for years before tv i'd you know if you do something wrong i try and defend myself and you know protect yourself as like out of instinct like fight or flight reflex kind of thing and then you realize no just shut up for a second and just say sorry and then it's done then it's finished and then you haven't got to keep <laughs> explaining why and then you just move on and it's just a better working relationship that kind of leads me on to my next question actually what advice would you give to anyone looking to start as a runner okay um well I'm gonna slip a little bit of uh self-promotion in here and I'm gonna say if you want to head to my blog (laughs) yeah do it it. it's uh it's called bacon's beacon uh I've been a bit quiet over the last few months initially that was uh because of Black Lives Matter, and I felt like that needed a bigger platform yeah. on the internet than my stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. But then in recent times, it's been COVID. So I'm hoping to get it back running soon. But uh, I've got an article on there called uh, How to Get a TV Production Running Job with No Previous Experience. And uh, that's quite helpful. But um, to sum it up, uh, I'd say my advice is firstly, you need a good CV. Um, if people don't know who you are, you're coming into the industry as a complete unknown, go onto that Facebook runners uh, group, look at the CV advice and follow it. That is the best advice I can give. And, you know, people like me that are still at the beginning of their career that have, but have got that experience under their belt. And I would say I've got quite a good CV. Um, We're always also happy to help. Whereas, you know, people higher up, 
probably too busy or whatever reach out to other runners that are maybe more experienced and they're always happy to you know give your cv a read help you edit it all that sort of stuff yeah there used to be when i was starting out there used to be a thing of real competition with runners that you wouldn't try and give a runner a a foot up because that they'd potentially be taking your job and you wouldn't tell anyone about jobs that were going on or people were looking for crew because you're like no there's only one runner and i'm going to be that runner but now there's so many different types of tv you know all the streaming services and entertainment so there's like other i think in my opinion and like you've just said i think other runners will be able to help you because they've done it and they know exactly how to do it i mean people who are higher up it changes so often the way it works so they will have even forgotten and yeah like you said they'll be busy i mean you, you might be surprised some people are really um you know open to sort of help people out but yeah i think other, ask other runners is very good advice anything else yeah i i would say in terms of that as well um don't be afraid of other runners because i think uh what you refer to um is kind of maybe something that happened in the past and i don't feel it's the feeling right now um most people in the industry are more than happy to help mainly because they got help and they almost yeah. want to return the favor it's quite yeah it's like it's almost sort of flattering to be able to help to to get to a position to be able to help people like if i mm. if i can help someone get a job that's better than me getting a job in my yeah. mind like yeah. i love it i love getting someone on a job more than i do getting a job myself if it's maybe, maybe I should, really <laughs> yeah maybe i should be the other way around and get myself a job every now and again <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to make yourself feel good by giving other people jobs <laughs> i know i should really i should really just move into recruitment really <laughs> yeah. just give up on tv and just be like hr or something uh, yeah um in terms of that i mean um it's being pro proactive uh so important you know yeah. if you don't have the drive you're not going to go anywhere in tv because you're not yeah. going to be handed it, to it on the plate definitely yeah and I learned a lot of that sort of stuff actually from my um, careers advisor at uni. We became quite close and um, she was keen to get me into TV and, and that's what happened. And she said, you know, if you want to do this, you've got to want to do it. And, yeah. and from then on, like, you know, 20 emails a day, also on top of replying to job applications and stuff, just send them out, get, yeah. get, your, get your voice heard, get your name out there. I mean, it helps having a, bacon is my last name because it's a bit unusual but you know if, <laughs> if you've got a, a ringy name get it out there <laughs> yeah unique names getting to the top of the pile yeah <laughs> um and yeah I, I, one of the things I was gonna say it's a bit of a weird one but um talking about your job in places when you're out and about with mates even at bars at wherever you are you might bump into someone in the in the same industry as you and yeah. that's happened to me countless occasions which is quite strange but you'll meet someone and you'll start a conversation and it'll happen to be that they're looking for a runner for some new show and then you're on it um yeah these conversations don't happen without you beginning them so yeah get out there i've heard so many runners like say oh i'm not just not getting any work i'm not getting anywhere and then i'm and then i'll sort of like quiz them a little bit and say have you been you know are you on that facebook runners group no uh are you on talent manager looking at jobs no uh, like are you being proactive in any way no no then th no one will come to you because they don't know who you are they don't know you exist so you have to be proactive and mm -hmm. just the fact that you are applying for these jobs as well it means that people think oh yeah they're they're proactive in you know anyway but also like if you apply for a job and you don't get it people keep cv i'm not sure how it works now with their protection stuff but people keep cvs when i was starting out i i still get calls to for runner jobs like <laughs> no way people, i know because people have like i mean it's, i've not been in tv for 20 years or anything but you know but like people still call me up and say oh we're looking for a runner are you still running we've got an old cv from way back and i'm like yeah no i've yeah. run for <laughs> a good sort of six years or something now you know yeah but yeah people do they do keep your info but yeah like i'm not sure about nowadays with data protection how that works anyway but yeah, that's a different story for a different time i have seen on the bottom well, of some cvs that people write did you write that on yours yeah i was gonna say yeah. um put a little gdpr statement at the end to say you can basically hold my cv on file and uh and then yeah they can keep it and get back to you anytime and it's it does happen it happens because it's happened yeah. to me and it's happened to people yeah. i know and you know don't be afraid to sometimes apply for those jobs that are maybe slightly 
above what you think you can do. Obviously, yeah. don't apply for jobs where you know it says yeah, you've got to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Three but credits like, as a producer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you feel like you might be able to stretch to it, and they're not stipulating like ten years' experience, or you know, don't go for the DP jobs because you ain't going to no. get them. You're no. not going to do it. But and you yeah, will look like, but like an idiot. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. Don't be afraid. Like if you've been running for you know a couple of years, don't be afraid to look at. I don't know the job titles, but you know, like yeah, researchers in entertainment. Like uh, floor running in drama, third AD maybe on certain smaller projects. Figure yeah. out what kind of size it is. You know, obviously if it's a Bond film and you're a runner, maybe you're not ready for third AD. You know, like no, I, you'll I, still I be on runner for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. if anything, lock off PA kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that kind of leads me, and uh, oh, actually, I just wanted to say like how much it's changed that how savvy runners are now. That the fact that you've that you're aware of gdpr and do you have that on the bottom of your cv it's for me like it feels like i entered an industry that is so different to the one that you're entering now like mm -hmm. just with how much people are thinking about things like that for me it was it was all handshakes and text message night before the job are you around do you know what i mean that yeah. sort of thing it feels now that it's a lot more official do, do you still get like do you still get jobs where someone whatsapps you and says oh are you around to do a job a couple of days here and there or, or is it more official oh no for sure you still get um last minute jobs but I would say personally I've only had those in the last you know sort of six months of working as yeah. a runner um getting your name heard you'll get uh it passed on to other people and then they'll message you and that's the only kind of time that I've had um those messages come through taskmaster was uh one of those i didn't apply for and that's actually mm. quite flattering you almost feel like the actor that doesn't have to audition um <laughs> yeah yeah it really does make you feel good doesn't it when someone approaches you and says oh someone said that you were really good and then you're like right two here we go so someone says i'm really good so that massages my ego a little bit yeah. and also i'm now getting potentially a job through that so yeah exactly. that's a win win it's it's a great feeling <laughs> it really is um do you have any, this is kind of similar to the last question, but mm -hmm. do you have any runner must-haves? So it be that equipment or personality traits? Okay. Well, personality traits, I think we've sort of covered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big thing I always say, I mean, I, I put it on the runners group the other day. I'm not a dick. Don't be a dick. Try not to be entitled. Uh, I've yeah. noticed that a yeah. lot of people that have come on, um, I don't want to generalize here, but um you know, maybe just come out of film school, um, have done a short course at the NFTS or something and think, you know, I'm coming onto the set and I'm I'm a runner, but really I'm a producer. Um, <laughs> don't be that person. Uh, yeah. The rule is you are what your job title says you are on this job. That is what you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't expect any airs and graces. You are, to put it bluntly, the bottom of the pile. And yeah. if people treat you well, take that as a compliment um yeah i mean obviously I, I i think i would add to that like don't just put up with shit no like, of course not. don't be bullied and just let it slide as part of the business <laughs> you know obviously like with everything we say there's a there's a line you know yeah. if you if you're not being treated well consistently then you know say something because again when i started out not that i started out lo very long time ago but it feels like it's probably a lot easier now to approach um a superior and say I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly, but mm -hmm. because when I think when I started out, it was so, it felt to me that it was so much of a luxury that I was in this industry that if I said or complained in any way, I would mm -hmm. just be swept off set and that would be it for me done. Cause I thought it was such a yeah. small industry that if I made any waves at all, then I'd just be gone. Well, but it feels like it's different now. Yeah. I, I would say that, is really important to understand that you have rights. Mm -hmm. um, even as a runner, join Beck too. I'm part of it. Um, workers' union. You know, yeah. you, you've got people protecting you and there is no exploitation that is going to be allowed in this industry. You know, we've we've had the Weinsteins, we've had the whoever, yeah. and that's not going to – that doesn't happen. We're hoping that's not going to continue to happen in film yeah. and TV. And um, – even in smaller things, you know, microaggressions and stuff, it's not okay. And no. and people are beginning to realize that. And it is okay to stick up for yourself. Um in in terms of that, you've got rights. And yeah, 
don't put your best foot forward and don't yeah. let stuff be pushed around no matter who they are even if they're a director don't take no shit <laughs> yeah that's it exactly because it at the end of the day the job title doesn't matter if they're you know if they're breaking the law <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter who the hell they are you know yeah yeah but anyway sure. sorry i uh i cut in on you mid- nah it's all good um sorry what was where were we what <laughs> <laughs> i was you were talking we did personality traits and then you were talking equipment for ah. uh, must have okay so driving top top tip get your driving under your belt uh yeah. make sure you've got a clean license so don't be speeding here and there you want to yeah. <laughs> that's a good rule that's just a good general rule for everyone please yeah. don't speed it's not clever you've no. always got time you're never in that big a rush exactly anyway. don't put yourself at risk um yeah. and yeah if you in any way can afford it i mean obviously we don't want to breed elitism but yeah. if you can get yourself a car that is does put yourself ahead of other people in some time yeah. some such situations um but yeah having a license um is great apart from that uh make sure you've got for your first day of work you know i'm gonna actually do a blog on this as well yeah um but you know have your bum bag ready have a sharpie and a pen and a pencil yeah. have um good pair of shoes i always tend to start a job in blacks just in case they want me you know helping with scenery yeah, um and i just invested in a leatherman which i am in love with um yeah <laughs> i remember my first leatherman oh, <laughs> long gone now but yeah yeah i mean they're expensive but you can get a cheap head knife and they're useful for you know cutting open boxes and stuff so one thing i'll say about having a leatherman if, if you're the runner who has the leatherman that's closest to the person who needs it then people love you because yeah the amount of times that dps have gone oh has anyone got a flathead i haven't got a flathead and then you're mm -hmm. literally there with a flathead out <laughs> it's it's one of the best things ever because people are like oh he's good yeah and then yeah. they talk to you and then you quickly move up the ladder Exactly. Anything else? Anything else you would add to that list? Just trying to think. Um, little things. Um, if you're on a, on location somewhere cold, like I used to pack my car full of stuff that I remembered that people liked. So if I yeah. knew I was working with talent, I would take extra snacks. I would take changes of clothes. So like big hoodies that talent could chuck on if they wanted to. Um, yeah. Umbrellas, uh, wellies, really random stuff like that um and then things like gum everyone loves gum um yeah. yeah big time uh notepads yeah stuff like that and i think that's pretty much it there's there's not a whole lot of stuff that you need um no. i actually went to a floor runners boot camp uh about a year ago and that oh, really was, i'd Where highly that? recommend that um it was just outside london um, okay. Who, what, it what was, was the company because there's a few runners it's called floor runners boot camp okay and you get like a certificate um i believe it was in the studios the warner brothers studios i might be wrong and they were great they you know they taught you how to put up a marquee properly things like that and you know comms language mm -hmm. things that you might be afraid that you wouldn't know about if you hadn't had any previous experience that's it things you can't learn without doing yeah exactly. uh it, I found particularly the confidence on comms helped for me. So when I went on set, I knew what people were talking about. And... Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> first, first ever day, the jargon is incredible. Yeah. I, I genuinely, I mean, I might do a whole episode about jargon. That would be quite fun. But yeah, genuinely, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, when people say 10-1, people say yeah. turning around, they say yeah. so many things and you just they're so specific that like it all comes from military and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff i think all the original ad's were um sergeants and stuff and then they went into after the war they went into the film studios because they run it the same way as the military but um so i think that's where it comes from but yeah it's so confusing so like i suppose a course like that could be quite useful i'm not sure what um what kind of price are they because yeah um a lot of these things you can get bursaries for Okay. Um, at the time I was actually just finishing university and I managed to, as I said before, I was quite close with my careers, um, advisor and I told her about the course and she said, if you write a piece about the course, the university will pay for you to go. Um, mm. so that was quite cushy. Um, but you know, again, you don't, uh, you don't get unless you ask. So, um, yeah. 
bursary, same thing. You can get screen skills bursaries. Um, and Beck too helps with things too. Um, yeah, always worth inquiring for money off because people are willing to help. And especially over the last year, there's been a big push for trying to bring down that sense of elitism um, and making yeah. um, the TV world accessible to all. So, you know, don't be afraid if you can't afford something, send an email out and ask because more often than not, there will be bursaries available. That's it. I think that's a good piece of advice because there's quite often there seems like dead ends to a lot of people to get into TV. And we talked about, I've talked about this pretty much every episode, like not knowing the route. So you can't go that way. Do you know what I mean? Thinking there's a dead end. So you don't go down that route, but yeah, there's always a way to figure stuff out. And I think, yeah, I think anything that can just stop our industry just being so middle-class and white. I mean, I say that as a middle-class white man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. From a working class background, but um, you know, yeah anyway but yeah like there needs to be a change because it's been it's been too long yeah I mean I feel exactly the same um it's one of the main reasons why I started a blog um a blog is something that can be read by everyone and yeah. I try and share it um as widely as possible uh mm-hmm. you know shout out to Mark Watson who we all love um is oh, trying yeah. to Episode make one, big Mark changes Watson. <laughs> had him on well t- kind of had him on the show but kind you of. know not yeah <laughs> ghost interview it's very fun doing that but yeah. how elusive <laughs> yeah i know he's so sick like genuinely so sick anyone who hasn't uh doesn't know who we're talking about just go back and check out episode one but i love what he's doing in the industry yeah. in terms of um yeah same thing trying to make things accessible mm-hmm. trying to make sure that everyone's getting paid for the work they're doing um free yeah. working for free is not okay anymore no you know you if you want to do a passion project you and your mates can do it yeah, in your exactly. in your house or whatever uh sharing jobs online i had a big actual um facebook argument with someone last night on one of the uh production groups you know sticking up for people that are being exploited is important and um if you're starting out in tv do not work for free i wouldn't unless yeah yeah exactly don't work for a company that should be paying you for free yeah unless it's yeah. a friends project or something and you're doing a favor fine help out on a student film or do all this kind of stuff that's fine i really don't like it when people get annoyed that those things exist like someone will put a shout out and say look this isn't a professional job but if anyone wants to come around and do it with us mm-hmm. then come and do it you know yeah. everyone knows that that's fine you're not taking a job away from someone but it's when you see a company sneakily try and have some work experience who isn't a student and who is literally going to have job responsibilities, who isn't just shadowing, then you, then people like Mark Watson step in and say, no, cancel that. You're not cancel having that, that on my page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we love that. You've been working during our new normal. So tell me about working under the new conditions with COVID and what you've been doing. Okay, so I have got my first job since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. I was put straight in the COVID team as a COVID runner. Um, and it's a completely new situation in TV. Everything is a lot slower. Yeah. Um, you know, this whole sense of urgency that I talk about a lot is still there, but it yeah. almost feels like you're fighting a battle that you're going to have to end up losing. Um, when you say you, you mean you as in your job role or everyone? I think everyone, um, because there's so many uh, hoops that you have to jump through now. You've got a, every person on the crew and the cast has to be tested every other day um, for COVID. And Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so the cast and the crew have to come in every other day to be tested. Um, we kind of alternate it and yeah um but as you come on set you have to um complete a pass card which basically says that you have no symptoms and you haven't been near anyone with symptoms you get your temperature checked and then you're allowed on set um the rules are incredibly stringent so um you've got to constantly sanitize your hands uh if you want to pass someone a pen you have to pick up a wipe grab the pen pass the pen they have to pick up the pen with another wipe and then they wipe it like this this is the extent to which everything has to be sanitized um and you can see why just from that example how slowed down the whole process is 
yeah, just passing someone a pen takes five minutes, and mm-hmm. oh wow, that that's not TV yeah. as I know it. No, um, and I mean it feels like it talking about it makes it seem like the magic's gone but I don't think it has um we're still making amazing content and um the actual stuff you're viewing pretty much looks the same um yeah because we're putting these things in place it means that the actual filming itself doesn't look any different um oh interesting okay because they've all been tested because we're being so careful these things can carry on as normal which means that the the magic I don't think is lost um, for people on the team it can be slightly more tiring and laborious but um, <laughs> we get we get through we get through <laughs> yeah I think people tv crew find a way to make you know the gallows humor that we all have will find a way to make difficult situations fun yeah I think production actually because of COVID it means we've got maybe slightly more jobs going in some respects uh, yeah. we've got a whole new team a whole new section of production is devoted to covid so is it its you know. own is it its own department do you think yeah effectively yeah. yeah and they're all dedicated dedicated crew so they're not doubling up they're not doing you're not doing that and and, and a, a runner's job as well you're doing just that uh yeah so cool. my production manager is a covid production manager on this um okay. particular shoot um in the same way that all the runners are also covid runners and we're also doing the bubbling so and you know as a runner i could go from the production office um across the road up through the restaurant into the gallery now we can't do that um there's signs on all the doors saying if you're in this bubble you can enter if not then no um so it means that yeah everyone's a bit separate um and you don't necessarily have the same ability to maybe network on the job Um, yeah you do within your own bubbles which is fine um and then there's other things that's quite interesting um we've put in so many contingencies so for example in the gallery um where you usually have the four execs there there's now two of them have been taken out of the gallery and put in a separate room so that if someone in the gallery gets covid yeah all those people have to go home but they've still got the backup of those two execs in the separate room that can carry on the show that makes sense so yeah so you're limiting the risk i suppose Mm -hmm. so at least there's at least two people that can always do it yeah exactly exactly that that the show won't fall apart (laughs) Um, the show must go on exactly exactly. yeah (laughs) (laughs) through covid as well we must have telly but no seriously though like i'm glad i mean it sounds very complicated and it sounds like a lot of headaches and you know that everything's going to take a lot longer but you know the one thing we've all realized throughout this entire thing is that the appetite for tv is as high or higher than it's ever been and we kind of need to keep producing it you know just for the mental health of the nation really i mean not to big ourselves up too big you know because the you know the doctors and nurses are the real heroes we're just you know making a bit of telly but i mean it is important and culturally i think it's important for us to keep doing this kind of stuff. So when you mm-hmm. see, when you hear how it's actually, how it's actually happening, it's, I mean, it's fascinating, scary, daunting and all at once. And for me, I mean, it doesn't sound like, I mean, this is the most privileged thing I'm probably ever going to say, but it doesn't sound like something that I want to do because it sounds very hard do you know what I mean like I've just got used to I've just been so disciplined in how I do tv and how I'm really good and quick and my like what you were saying my every instinct is to be get it quicker get it done better and you know deliver it you know quicker next time but like Mm -hmm. if so if there's something stopping me doing that Mm -hmm. because of safety obviously safety is first always but saying that I imagine that like what you were saying earlier you kind of alluded to a little bit like I imagine that some protocols at some point there's a limit to how much you will follow the protocol do do, do you see that in any way do you see a limit to this to people's tolerance for this time delay I to be honest um the productions I've worked on so far since COVID everyone has followed the protocols exactly correctly and I'm not doing that out of any sense of obligation to the production um they everyone I think is taking COVID incredibly seriously 
um, the people back at work wouldn't be at work if they had been going to illegal raves over COVID or whatever. Um, The people there are taking it seriously. And and if we don't, we're going to be shut down for even longer. So, you yeah. know, we, we've got to take it seriously and we, we've got to um, have these protocols in place. Otherwise, TB won't ever be back to where it once was. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But yeah, it just seems to me that like everything I know about TV and how, how stretched it is. I mean, it's probably just me being pessimistic, but I, I just feel that certain jobs maybe it's drama maybe it's a drama thing and not an entertainment thing but it just Mm. feels like up to a point they'll play ball with this and i spoke about this with um james on the last show up to a point i feel like we'll get we'll get to where we need to get to and then we'll be like well we just need to get this done otherwise we don't get it done so we'll just sort of push these protocols aside a little bit and we'll just do it i mean i just have that fear i have that fear of drama doing that just because the pressure's there the money's there and either getting it done not getting it done safely or getting it done i i don't think there's a choice there from producers and production managers i don't think they'll choose to not get it done yeah i know it it's that that choice between money and production and saving lives and that's it safety or or getting the job done and yeah i mean it's been like that forever really like safety does get compromised on a daily basis in tv sure yeah but in you know in the sort of trying to get it finished then people do stupid stuff very quickly and then they're like oh thank god we didn't all die because people do die do you know what i mean that's yeah, the thing yeah people people get killed on film sets all, all the, the time. time yeah yeah we all know them we all know not the people yeah. but we all know the incidents stories they all, get, they all get talked about so often but Mm. that's that's what scares me i mean it might just be me being very pessimistic but i think that's maybe why drama has taken uh, quite a bit longer to come back because of that maybe because of the higher money involved or i mean i'm generalizing there but i imagine drama budgets are probably higher than entertainment budgets overall but i suppose there's exceptions to that rule but yeah 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 i i wouldn't disagree with that at all um yeah. i i would say if people are going back on set um from a purely the perspective of someone that's worked in a COVID team. Um, I know this is not something that people necessarily have when they're first working in TV, but try and gain some sense of patience. Um, yeah. Well, that's um, it. That is it. That's what I don't see. So no. that's why it's, it's funny t- that people will have to be patient. If if that's one thing that I think people in TV don't have, it's probably a sense of patience and it's something we're all going to learn. Um, yeah. We usually just want to get the job done. We're all quite, you know urgent and that's going to have to change and you know people like me and my production manager who are in the COVID team that are putting these rules in place we feel like the dutty Babylon um (laughs) you know telling people off for doing this and that and um I don't like being that person I I didn't I didn't apply to be in the police force I applied to be in TV yeah exactly Um, yeah you're not you're not a safety patroller or officer or yeah exactly yeah but you know you've got to get the job done, and we don't want people to die. So, just have some I mean, patience. At the end of the day, that is the important thing. Yeah. T- TV can you know can exist or not, but like people's health and people you know safety is it just is the most important thing. Yeah, and NHS is underfunded as it is, so let's not put any more pressure on them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is a very big topic for another day. But yeah, oh I agree god, with yeah. <laughs> One hundred million thousand percent. So uh, tell me about, I, I read your CV and I was very interested in one job particularly. So tell me about the great British urine test and what you did for that show. Okay. There's, there's actually two interesting TV shows and one of them I'll move on to after that I think okay. you'll be interested in. But um, great British urine test. Um I actually only worked on it as a daily. Okay. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was about a 15 hour day uh, working in Liverpool. Uh, oh. I recently rewatched the episode and it's great. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. Uh, we were basically testing Glasgow, Cardiff, Liverpool, and Bristol um, for their urine. It was almost like a street casting. Uh, we kind yeah. of set up these marquees in the street and basically with our clipboards and our little pot pee pots uh ask people to use our portaloos and pee into pots for us um it definitely tests your confidence and 
<laughs> sense of humor um yeah but yeah we, we got some interesting people coming along uh oh i bet i bet uh, you did <laughs> so so just just for me because i haven't seen the show and that it just stood out for me as something interesting to talk about but um so how, how did that transaction go so i've seen street casting happen i've never done it myself but i've i've been tried i've been talked to by people who are trying to cast stuff but um so how does that transaction happen? Uh, you make eye contact with someone. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're almost you like that annoying um, <laughs> the, Like charity, the charity people. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. on the street. Yeah. Um, and you approach them. And for me, uh, it was more about just joking around. I would say to them, like, do you want to pee in a pot? Do you need <laughs> to have a pee? <laughs> pee in this wow. pot. Um and I'd say, you know, I'm here with Channel 5. We're just filming a TV show. We're not a charity. We literally are just trying to, you know, do some experiments for science and yeah. figure out what people's health is like across the UK. Can you help okay. us out? Um, so there's a few different ways of approaching it. You could either do it with humor. You could do it by attending to people's scientific interests. Yeah, and then just people that wanted to have a chat. There were a few old people that were, you know, walking around by themselves that wanted to come and have a chat. <laughs> um, there were a few homeless people that just needed a wee. Um, I mean, yeah. Useful yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then there were a few sort of medical students and people walking by that were interested in the actual science itself. So a whole group of people um, peeing for us. And uh, even the, the restaurant from across the way, they had been looking at us all day with intrigue and yeah. so I approached them and the entire chef um, in the restaurant all came out and peed for us and uh, oh, wow. yeah it was great and we only managed to knock over one pot of pee <laughs> <laughs> it happened to be the cloudiest smelliest pee. oh dear <laughs> of course it was of course it was so um what kind of follow-up did um to the people who participated shall we say what kind of follow-up did they receive or was it all kind of just put into the stats um so i wasn't in the post-production side of it okay. um but from when we were filming on the day and people were asking you know will i get my results back yeah um we were basically telling them that you're kind of a number and um you're contributing to a set of data that will be put yeah. into graphs and you're not going to be t- contacted again. Yeah. I believe, um, don't hold me to this, but I believe the people that they then interviewed on the show mm-hmm. were separate. So they were people that actually, you know, asked to be on the show as participants, as contributors. Oh, I see. So they weren't necessarily street cast by you or your team. No, not from what I remember. No. Okay. It was a good day in November. We were all freezing, but had a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, Liverpool in November. Yeah, that'd be nice and warm. Yeah. What? Um. So, what was the other show that you wanted to mention? Oh, um. So the other street casting I did, I think it's off my CV now, but it was the Good Girls Guide to Kinky Sex. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I did see that. I did see that on your CV. Yeah. <laughs> um. That was a funny one. We were street casting in Manchester, and that was. One of my first paid jobs in TV. Okay. We, me and a mate, um, who I'm still in touch with, um, had to go up to pe- couples on the street and ask them if they wanted to participate. Um, it was basically we'd interview them before um, they tried out these sex toys, and then we would drop a box of sex toys at their house. They would try oh. them out, and then they'd be interviewed after. Um, and again, that is a job that I. I'm so thankful for having because it developed my confidence and my everything. Um, Yeah. I mean, if that's your first job kind of thing, then that's the deep end as it were. You're not, yeah. yeah, You're not going to be scared to talk to people about anything after you've talked to them about their experiences with that kind of stuff, you know? No, exactly. Um, No, it was great fun. And, you know, talking about maybe mental health and stuff in TV, I suffer with anxiety quite badly and not necessarily social anxiety, but stuff like that has helped so much in ways I couldn't put into yeah. words. You know, that sort of thing, putting yourself out there and also talking about your mental health on set, I think is really important. No, um, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And it's something that um, is, I think, op- like welcomed with open arms now. Um, and I, I kind of 
diverging onto this mental health topic because it's something I think yeah. is important to talk about. But um, I recently spoke about it with someone on first dates and the amount of aftercare you get if you uh, breach that conversation with seniors, um, yeah. they really listen to you and they really care. And I receive phone calls, you know, after work some days being like, just checking in, are you okay? And it helped me in ways that, again, I can't put into words, like feeling that you're being listened to, feeling that people mm-hmm. care is is amazing. Um, and yeah. you know, if you feel like you have um, the confidence to talk about that sort of thing, do it because you're not going to be, you're not going to be not employed for having yeah. mental health issues, you know. It won't things, count against you, as it no. were. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, it's illegal. Um, yeah. There's laws in place now that mean you can't have that sort of prejudice um, when yeah. employing people. So um, if that is an issue for anyone that's listening that might be um, trying to get into TV, don't be afraid because it won't stand in your way against you at all. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing to say, actually, because... I remember when I was starting out, like I was, you know, my mental health was okay when I was starting out, but like, I remember other people that I knew that were trying to do it and they, they were finding a little bit of resilience towards that. And, or, and maybe not even resilience, maybe that they were, they were just sort of, um, they were stopped. They wouldn't go for the jobs because that they knew that their mental health would probably count against them. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think you're right. I think that is, I think generally in society now that, the talk about mental health is so much less stigmatized than it was. I mean, I talk, especially for men as well, because it's, there's the whole toxic masculinity, macho bullshit that men still have to a high degree, but it's, I feel like it's, it's lower than it's ever been. And yeah, for me, I can talk to my male friends about our mental health and often with people in TV, a lot of my friends are from TV. So we'll talk about you know, especially if we're dads and, you know, being a parent and being away and all this kind of stuff, like we struggle and it's good now that we all can talk about it because men, you know, how men usually talk about mental health. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm all right. No, I don't cry, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. But it's the, the thing is like with this sort of stuff, like no one is going to be perfect at talking about mental health straight away. No. So the first few conversations are going to be clunky. They're going to be clumsy. They're going to be weird and awkward, but yeah, it's like with everything, the more you do, the more you talk about it, the more you will learn the language of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I recently read a book um, called my shit therapist, highly recommend it. Um, okay. She spoke about being a freelancer and having mental health issues and about the laws behind it. And that, yeah. you know, you can take sick days and say, you know, I'm not feeling great today. I need to um, have a day off for my mental health. And that's okay. Mental health is treated now. It's beginning to be treated more like physical health. If you had a headache, if you had a tonsillitis, you wouldn't go to work, you know? Yeah. Um, In the same way that if if you can't get out of bed because you're feeling so depressed, you shouldn't be forced to go to work. That's a given. Yeah. No, you're right. I think that the reaction to it's changing that it's not a weakness it's something that happens to everyone mm-hmm. and i think before and I, I know i was guilty of it when i was younger that i thought that anyone suffering with mental health that they, they should just get over it and they should just make themselves happier and be happier yeah and maybe i don't know maybe that's just the experiences i had in my life and stuff up to a certain point but then you get to a certain point and you realize no, we all have mental health. Mental health isn't something that some people suffer with. We all have it. Our mental yeah. health can go up and down. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same as your physical health. It's You're not healthy or unhealthy. Like sometimes you're healthy, sometimes you're unhealthy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you, it goes up and down. So if anyone says, oh, I don't, I don't suffer with mental health. If someone says that to me, then I just know that they're not ready to have a conversation about, about that topic. But if someone else says to me, yeah, yeah well, you know, I've been up and down and I've had this and I've had that then I'm like okay yeah you're you're someone who knows the truth about it not this weird line that we all got taught when we were younger maybe I don't know maybe it was different for you but yeah no I mean I I grew up in um in a family in in school and everything where it wasn't spoken about at all um and it was at university that I started going to therapy and now I'm still getting CBT and I recommend therapy to anyone everyone um if you don't think you've got mental health issues or you don't think you've got any issues from your past, 
go to yeah. therapy and you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll figure out that there's reasons why you do certain things. And yeah, I'm in therapy at the moment and I have been for the last few months. And, you know, I'm, I'm a few years ago, I would have been really ashamed to say that. And I yeah. would have felt it would have felt like a big reveal to say that. Mm -hmm. But now it's like I'm proud of it. And I'll, I probably am the annoying person that tells everyone that, oh, yeah, no, I'm in therapy. Yeah, cool. What? Yeah. What, what are you going to say about it? You know, yeah. I'm in therapy. Everyone should be. And I agree with you. Everyone should be because we all yeah. have the same problems and we're all affected by things from our childhood that we couldn't comprehend at the time. And we've just repressed. And then they come out in certain ways and certain undesirable characteristics. But anyway, you know, we could exactly. talk about this for about two weeks. But this <laughs> is technically a tv podcast not a mental health podcast so it's true let's shift it on to a tv show so you've worked and we've talked about it briefly you've worked on taskmaster so tell me if you can yeah. as much as you can a little bit about what you did on that show okay so uh taskmaster one is one of those shows that i got off the back of another job um i got texted from a brilliant producer who i highly recommend and she asked me if I wanted to be come on and I said yes and I did it for a day and then they asked me to come back and these things happen if you if you prove yourself then people get you back so the first day we filmed with Richard Herring which was incredible very funny yeah. man oh, yeah. um and we did that at the Taskmaster house which was yeah weird to see it in person but yeah um, quick question like if, you, if you're allowed to tell us Maybe yeah. don't give us the exact coordinates, but where roughly is that house? Uh, it's the outskirts of London. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's diplomatic and then there's evasive. I mean, <laughs> well, so, to be fair, um, yeah. on the Google Maps when I was getting to location, um, yeah. it actually said on Google Maps, Taskmaster House. Oh, okay. So it's tagged on google maps so people yeah i mean you know, so Do you, you want to have a little explore yeah, you can you're not telling anyone anything they can't google so it's around it's it's near london mm -hmm. it <laughs> is. you'll find it, find it on google maps and it's uh if this is place. if we get into legal trouble i'll just cut all this out <laughs> um yeah so what um so what were your what were your duties on that show the ta taskmaster team tends to be quite close-knit and um they use similar people for most of their jobs I believe um and I think there were maybe a runner or two short so they had me in um to help out and that was great we did normal runner duties you know uh everyone got there quite early on set so it was dark in the morning when we got there made yeah. everyone a group porridge it was quite cute because it's a small team and yeah. you're in a house so there's a little kitchen um and you make the porridge and everyone sits down in the living room and you eat your porridge oh nice like a, little, like a little weird family <laughs> it's quite surreal um yeah. you basically as a runner you're setting up all the games so um i helped out and um, the researcher you know do the uh wax prints for each letter that was fun uh put the the wax in the microwave and then the seal, stamp them on yeah the yeah. seal that's the one sorry um, it took me a minute to figure it out and then i had to interrupt you to, to say it <laughs> and to sound clever <laughs> to mansplain to you here yeah. oh thank you sorry about that <laughs> Um, yes. No, sorry. Yeah. So you were saying uh, you made the seals. Yeah, we made the seals. Uh, we set up all the games, and uh, between each game, the contestant would go back into their like green room, um, and we'd set up the next one so that they could swiftly move on and you know do the next game. Uh, and that was great fun. So we you know we used the caravan, we used the shed, we used um, the uh, scientific room, uh, and set up all the different stuff. That was good fun. And mm. uh, the second day I worked on it was with Daisy May Cooper. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was saying earlier that. So uh, they're not all there. They're not all there every day. They all, do they all come in and do their day? Yes. That's how they structure it. Okay. I yes. kind of wondered how they did it, whether they shot all the, t all the same task once and then, or I suppose they get them in and then they do all the tasks and then they go. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll, you'll notice uh, when you watch the show that, the weather will change between each person yeah. uh even like the seasons and stuff so you do um a person every day you're doing their their day um okay. so we did richard herring in the taskmaster house i wasn't there for um the shoot that they did with him on a different location but i okay. was on the shoot that they did with daisy may cooper on a different location that was probably in the top 
three shoots I've done ever. Okay. Because I think mainly because I was a massive fan of hers. Um, yeah. And we got, we got on really well. She was lovely and hilarious. It was quite difficult to watch because, you know, I was standing by next to the camera and stuff. And um, I was laughing so loud yeah. I had to, like, remove myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been on a few comedies where that that's happened and people have had to literally sort of, like, completely cover their mouths just to not burst out laughing yeah but it, it, mean, it means it's working though like i bet the people i bet the production loved that because it means it is it is funny it is good yeah great content i i noticed you know um the director look over and and realize you know we're making good telly right now well yeah um, they can gauge an audience audience response yeah yeah for sure so yeah i think that was my favorite one and i remember doing we were we were shooting in um an unnamed location uh, <laughs> a large warehouse in london and okay. i think i did forty thousand steps that day oh uh, so wow. if you're if you're going into tv as a runner you'll get your step counting oh yeah i remember um i did a drama as a runner a few years back and i did three marathons in a week Jesus, distance that's mad i couldn't do it couldn't do it now mad <laughs> i'd fall over after one marathon <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, you definitely get uh, get your steps in for all those chocolate bars you're eating from craft table. <laughs> <laughs> Just w- one quick question about Taskmaster that I've always wondered: how uh, that house, who owns it? Do they rent it for the whole time, or do they go in and like do they rent it? Someone else lives there, and then they come in for a few months and then use it. Or do you know how that works? Um, these are questions I wish I'd asked um, to Alex because um, I spent a lot of time with him. But yeah. Um, from what I gathered, I mean, the storage sheds, yeah, I think there were two or three of them, um, they're full of cobwebs and full of Taskmaster stuff. So I don't mm. think they remove the set okay. at all. Um, and it pretty much remains the same. Um, yeah. Don't think anyone lives there. Um, no. You know, cause they've got it rigged with wires and stuff. Um, but it's a fully functioning oh, house. Yeah. Um, and they've got a tiny prod office in there. But they have, yeah, got a full, fully functioning, you know, bathroom and kitchen and whatever. So if you wanted to live there, I guess you could. But um, <laughs> yeah. nobody kind of does. A mini, it's kind of a mini studio, then, really, isn't it? Like set yeah. studio, everything there, production office, kitchen. Yeah, it does feel like a house, though. Um, it's quite homely. A lot of the time, when I was a runner, people would always ask me this question, and I'm going to ask it to you. So, where do you see your career going in the future, and do you have any plans? for where you want to go and what you want to do? Okay. Um, it's an interesting question because you get asked it a lot, as you say, on set um, and when you're quote unquote networking. Um, yeah. And it's trying to find the balance between f- showing that you're um, driven, showing mm-hmm. that you've got a goal whilst also maintaining a sense of malleability. Yeah. You know, happiness to move around wherever you are there's a number of different roles that I would love um, to go into. And at the end of the day, it depends on the different jobs that I work on and the paths I go down. And these things can change at any moment, depending on who you meet and what you do. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends who's asking me right now. I'd say there's three positions that I usually say that I'm going for. Yeah. So currently I'm working in entertainment. Mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose jobs in entertainment. Um, I might shoot myself in the foot for saying this, but um, if someone in entertainment asks me, what do you want to do? I'm not going to say work in scripted because I still want to be employed. Yeah, of course. Um, one of the things I say, which is what I actually would love to do, is be a floor manager in entertainment. Um, I'd love to go down that route, um, be you know, in charge of a whole cast and and crew on the the floor and be in the middle of a studio with my clipboard and feel all powerful you know love that um (laughs) (laughs) um another one is in in documentary I'd love to produce um so I've documentary is probably one of the things I watch the most of um and I love the research behind it I love um you know everything that goes into it obviously a big fan of louis and um stacy dooley and all of that um yeah but, uh 
yeah I'd love to go into documentary and if I did that maybe go into do a master's and specialize in a certain historical subject or something Uh we'll see uh and then the last one which I think is more likely the way that I will go is if I manage to move over to scripted um hopefully into comedy because my degree is in English literature and most of my free time is spent writing when I'm not at work okay um I'd love to be a script supervisor um so something that would involve being from pre-production into post-production something that you'd be on the set but you'd also be in the office talking about the script and you know all that sort of stuff um I love like watching movies and looking out for errors in continuity um (laughs) oh god oh jesus (laughs) as as a member of the art department oh god (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah some of the interesting conversations i've had with script supervisors and things about continuity it's good it's all good fun and games but yeah it's great continuity is a real bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of the time like all these big movie mistakes shows there are pain in the butt to watch because you you look at me and you think i know exactly how that happened and i know that it isn't that isn't the person whose fault it is attributed as do you mm-hmm. know what i mean because yeah. like a bad like a bad uh, i'm not even going to say what i was going to say because i would end up cutting it out anyway so i'm just oh, not going to say it you're going to say game of thrones no well i tell you what like yeah see now that see now that's that scene in game of thrones with the coffee cup right and then the mm-hmm. water bottle in the next episode or whatever it was so for me, the mistake I'm I'm always loath to throw actors under the bus because I love actors and they're doing a shit ton of other stuff and they can't really be expected to worry about everything other than you know, their job is acting, so they should worry about the acting. So I completely get that. But a lot of the time an actor will promise you, they will promise you that when like so you'll say to them, Oh, obviously, you know, that coffee cup on the table, we can't obviously you know i know you know this but obviously you can't have that there during the take and they'll be like jack don't worry of course it won't be there i promise you it won't be there and then like you'll go back to the monitors and the art director will go jack why is that coffee cup still there we're just about to turn over blah 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 and you'll be like no 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 fine the actor said to me it's all cool it's fine they're gonna hide it they're gonna take it off don't worry mate honestly we're sweet and then they'll turn over and they'll be roll into the scene and the fucking coffee cup is still there and then you're like Come on, you just me. promised me that you'd take it off, but you haven't. So, I mean, maybe no names, and I love every actor I've worked with, you know. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes they, they obviously because they're not thinking about that coffee cup. As soon as you've had to finish that conversation, something else has taken them completely out of it, and they're mm-hmm. thinking about their motivation for the scene and or what they did in the last in the wides. So they need to match it, or do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like there's so many different things going on so obviously mistakes happen but yeah a lot of the time you're really trying your best and sometimes things just don't go your way so yeah. i that i think that's how that coffee cup ended up in that shot and also to tell you about that coffee cup not to go on too much of a rant about it i might cut this down again is that <laughs> is that the right so a mistake happens on the on camera that's a mistake mm-hmm. a mistake goes to the edit doesn't get picked up that's a bigger mistake that's mm-hmm. that's the mistake cuz Shit happens on set because you're all busy and you're all, you know, B cam picking up this, doing this over here, you know. But for that to make the edit, make the director's watch, the director's cut, the second Mm -hmm. cut, the pickup cut, and then, you know, the executive producer cut. For that to get through all those things, there's Mm -hmm. so many people that have cocked up way bigger than that prop person or that actor. Yeah, none of of them people can ever be blamed for that. It's like... There's so many steps that that needed to go through to not be a cock up, and it still mm-hmm. was a cock up. So yeah, but anyway, that's I me mean, sticking up for the prop men who have been, you know, we've been unfairly treated in the no, we haven't. Fine. <laughs> There's no well, great. Yeah. I was on. gonna say it's a bit like um, that's the the brilliance of being a runner means that you know you can make these mistakes yeah. and you don't you you're not taking responsibility for them um, because you're not the big guy at the top. One of the things that I got told by a lot of people, which is bad advice, um, was be a bad runner because they said, be a bad runner and then you will not be a runner anymore. And then you will be, you will be what you want to be. But I think having some pride in, in the work you do, even if you are a runner, is so important. Um, you know, wow, that is really bad advice. Yeah. Really bad advice. Um, I think, 
there's a fear of being stuck in the same job for a long time um and as a runner we've I've had this conversation with people all the time you know when's my promotion happening you know when am I going to be moving up in the world and I have these thoughts myself you know when when am I going to you know move from that researcher talent pool and actually work as a researcher um there's another voice in my head saying you know enjoy where you are now you're not going to be a runner forever and being a runner comes with learning so much about the job that you're doing um I was speaking to a prod co-ord about this and she said that you know as a runner you meet everyone on production there's nothing better than that and you're not going to experience that any other time than when you're a runner and you know have some pride in the work that you do even if you are at the bottom there we go I mean I I can't think of a better place to uh, to wrap up than that <laughs> fantastic um what well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and yeah it's been uh, really good to chat to you yeah it's been so lovely to meet you thank you for having me no worries good luck for the future and um hopefully I'll see you on set one day yeah see you soon cheers bye Hello, me again. Um, so that was me talking to Beth Bacon about being a runner. It was really interesting to talk to her, actually, because it's one of the jobs that I've done, and I did it for a few years, and it's pretty much how everyone starts in the industry. So it was really cool to talk to her and hear her experiences, especially her experiences with working in the COVID team, because, like I said in the interview, I mean, it just sounds like such hard work, and it sounds like such a different job compared to you know what tv used to be before the virus you know but hey you know everyone's having to adapt and get used to the new normal so you know hopefully things will get a little bit easier and a bit better in the future anyway yeah again thank you to beth bacon for coming on the show i know she was a little bit nervous before coming on and obviously for most people i interview this is their first podcast i mean i've not been doing it very long But for everyone else, it's literally their first podcast. And the kind of people I interview are people who probably wouldn't normally be on a podcast. They're not actors, comedians, you know, politicians or people like that. So everyone's usually a little bit nervous. But after a couple of questions, they realize it's it's pretty casual. You know, I'm not looking to, uh, you know, get too deep on anything (laughs) anyway. All right. So, uh, yeah, please remember to give us a review. Rate us five stars if you think we're worth it and subscribe to us and please just you know tell your mates tell anyone who you think might be interested in hearing people talk about their careers in tv just tell them to have a listen you know get your mum your dad your next door neighbor you know anyone just you know help us out all right so um yeah we'll be back next week with another show got some really good guests booked in actually in the next few weeks if i can keep the puppy quiet he's quiet now he's sleeping But yeah, if I can keep him quiet, um, yeah, hopefully we've got some good shows coming up for you. Okay, stay safe and I will speak to you again next week. Cheers. Bye. Hey there, shattered in a thousand pieces, weeping in the darkest night. Hey there, trying to stand up on your own two feet and stumbling.